0: It's time now for The Complete Story with Rich Bott and Evan Fowler, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here is Rich Bott and Evan Fowler with today's Complete Story.
1: We are so happy to have in our studio today John Sorensen, the president and CEO of Evangelism Explosion. You know, Evan, I've said many times that we are living in strategic times, and we're praying for a Great Awakening-style revival so that the Lord will uh, be able to once again bless America, and so uh, will heal our land, you know, Second Chronicles 7.14. But in our studio, right now, actually, we're not in the studio. We're still at the Values Voters Summit. You kind of hear some of the conversation going going on behind us? The hubbub, as it were. <laughs> John Sorensen, President, CEO of Evangelism Explosion. Welcome. Well, it's good to be here. Thank you, Rich. And I love Thank your you. voice because you are a former radio guy.
0: Well, I am. I love radio. And, and you know what? We have so much history because I really got saved at a church up in Omaha, Nebraska, just north of where your main studios are. And in fact, the church that I was saved in was started by R.R. R. Brown, who your dad knew. Oh, wow. and, and in sad, huh? fact, when I'd walk into church, there would be the, the microphone that r. r. Brown would, would have used to broadcast uh, the gospel he over radio. He inspired
1: my grandfather back in the 1920s to to get into radio. He, my grandfather was a kind of a circuit-riding preacher out in western Kansas, and he went to his neighbor's house, and he heard his neighbor had one of these brand new radio receiver sets. And so he put the headphones on and listened and heard R.R. R. Brown preaching oh the goodness. gospel out of Omaha <laughs> and was captivated with the idea of this new technology where you can be in one place and people over such a wide area could hear you preach the gospel that He's he believed that God was calling him to have a radio outreach as part of his church ministry. And back then, if you're going to be on the radio, you had to live in a city that had a radio station. So he moved the family to Denver, started a new church and, and bought time in the local radio station and, I had a radio broadcast called the uh, the Radio Prayer League. The Radio Prayer League. That's my grandfather. That goes back to the 1920s. I have wow. a picture of him in my office in 1926 getting ready to to do his radio broadcast there in Denver with one of those old-fashioned carbon microphones, and his Bible is open and ready to preach the Word of God. But it was R.R. Brown preaching the gospel out of Omaha.
0: Praise the Lord. So that's the church that you went to. Yeah, and you you look at now how God is using radio really all over America, all over the world, and certainly the Bot Radio Network. Thank you for what you guys do. And and taking the gospel so uh, making it so available to people.
1: Well, I, I said how we're praying for a Great Awakening style revival, and that it's always preceded with prayer and is followed up with the powerful proclamation of the Word of God. But it's also so not something that that one person does but it's something that everybody yeah. does or and should. Every, everybody should, should be doing in, yeah. in sharing their faith and telling others about Jesus and leading them to the Lord now you have an interesting pin <laughs> on your lapel it's a red pin and has two gold question marks
0: yeah and we've only what, ever what's that about yeah we've only ever made this red pin inside mainland china to be honest with you this is the only place well it makes sense it would be red i guess but um, the two question marks wow why,
1: why the question marks
0: <laughs> well the two question marks are the question that i was asked at that church in omaha all those years ago they're the best questions that i've ever been asked or ever answered the first one is this do you know for sure you're going to heaven and, and I mean, absolutely 100% for certain, not you hope so, not you're, you're, you're kind of thinking things are going to work out okay, but you know it with certainty. And you know, when I was asked that question all, about 30 years ago, my answer was no, I didn't know that. I hoped it. Mm-hmm. I, and this is what I find to be true all over the world. People hope that they're going there, but they don't really have a confidence.
1: You've got to have a no-so You salvation, really not have just to have to hope a hope so. so.
0: And the Bible says that. It yeah. says these things are written so that you may know you have eternal life. Now, I left out the middle because the middle would have shared the gospel and given away the answer to the second question. The second question is this, the best question I've ever been asked or answered. Suppose you were to stand before God this very night and he were to say to you, Rich, why would I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And you know, as you think about that question, it really focuses on where your hope is, what, what you're resting in in order to get into heaven. And the most common answer that we hear worldwide is, I'm trying to do a little more good than I'm doing bad. Mm. And, you know, this this is the idea that my good is going to outweigh my bad somehow, and God's going to find me. And and by the way, I was just in Russia just two weeks ago, and, you know, every single Russian Orthodox Church that you go into, the East Wall has all the saints, but you turn around and you look at the West Wall and it is this great day of judgment. And right in the middle of this picture on every one of the Russian Mm. Orthodox churches. Right in the middle are these two scales, and the weighing is going on between whether your life has enough good, or whether your life has too much bad, and the bad go to hell, and the good go to heaven. <laughs> it's just, it's just, and this it, is the well,
2: most common religious thought on the planet Earth. Well, if you didn't know any better, that almost seems logical, doesn't it? And the Bible
0: no. says that. It says there's a way that seems right into a man, mm-hmm. but in the end it leads to death. Because right.
1: God doesn't grade on the curve. No, He does nope. not.
0: He, he absolutely is perfect and will not allow one single sin into heaven heaven will be, is an absolutely perfect place where there won't be so all, any of this
1: all. All have, all have sinned and come short right. of the glory of God. You know, we talk I? to a There's lot of people none righteous, no not one.
0: None. And, and while people might, may argue about the degree or the scope of their sin, their sin it's very rare that we talk to somebody that won't at least admit that they're a sinner in one, in one way or another. They just don't realize the seriousness of it. They don't realize that God cannot simply sweep it under a carpet and forget about it and just let me into heaven because, you know, it wouldn't be heaven without me.
2: Well, for those of our listeners who have not heard of evangel. Evangelism explosion, and I can't even say it. Uh, (laughs) Tell us what you're doing. What kinds of things do you do? Yeah, well, you know, it's what Rich started
0: by saying. Yeah. We believe that our very core value is that every Christian is to be a witness. And Dr. Kennedy would have said every Christian is a witness. Some are good and some are yeah. bad. Yeah. But, but the truth is we're all called to witness for Christ. And if we did, can you imagine a world? Most people would say that there are about a billion evangelical Christians today on earth. And now there are 2.8 billion that profess to be Christians in some sort. But most people would say about a billion of what we would call born-again Christians that give a, a, a solid answer about their relationship with Jesus and what's happened uh, in their life as far as change goes. And, and so if you had, there are were, there were 7 billion people on earth, so if you had a billion people who would actively share their faith, what would happen it to this take world? Long. Mm-hmm. It would not take long. In fact, it would take a couple of years, maybe, and we'd be able to witness to every person on earth and we could go home. And but don't
1: you feel like most people are, um, maybe they'd like to do that, but they don't know what to say, that's or they're exactly afraid right. they'll exactly say the wrong right. thing or
0: blow it. That is exactly right. And that's what stops people from witnessing. It isn't that they don't know enough. They, they frankly do know enough to be able to share with a neighbor, but they're so afraid that they're either going to goof it up, they're going to make it worse, you know, and, and it's one thing to witness to strangers, you know, which I do a lot because I travel all over the world. But when you're witnessing to your brother or to your sister or to your mom, to people that are going to show up on Thanksgiving, you know, it, it's a whole different it world. And, and, and it's difficult. What if they don't respond well? I talked to a lady yesterday who tried to witness to her brother and her brother was just angry at her that she would even say such a thing. And she was broken over that. And, but like you said, Rich, you've got to start with prayer. And then out of prayer comes proclamation, and you share, and God uses these things. And we don't know even the day that he'll do it. Here's the question we have to continually ask ourselves. And this, this is where my life changed. I was living in Omaha. I had come to Christ, but I wasn't witnessing. I wasn't telling anybody about Jesus until one day I was so convicted I should share with my neighbor. And I had never said a word. I lived next to him for five years. Not one word had I said to Bill. And finally, I I became convinced that I was more concerned about what he could say on the last day to me. John, we lived next to each other for five years, and you never said anything to me. Mm. Didn't you know I was going to go to hell? That day became more worrisome to me than anything he could say to me today. And that's when things changed for me. You
1: know, the word witness, um, think of it in a courtroom sense. Uh, You are put on the stand just to tell what you saw.
0: Just what you've experienced. What happened to yeah, you? Exactly. You're not it called to be an expert witness. You don't have to know every single thing. In fact, one of the first especially when we teach on seminary campuses around the world, the first thing that I have to teach these guys is to quit answering all these questions because people aren't really asking them. Mm-hmm. They've they've learned they're a smokescreen, there's something that stops Christians from saying anything to them. But they're really not all that interested in the answer. And I I teach them to first say the words, I don't know. Those are the first three Mm -hmm. words. I don't know anything about the Quran, or I don't know anything about this, or I don't know anything. But listen, I do know what the Bible teaches about how somebody can get to heaven. Would you like to hear it? And
1: surprisingly, people say,
0: sure, go ahead. (laughs) I've had so many people who've come to Christ without any objection. And see, that's the thing. I think we don't believe that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of like that Nike commercial: "Just do it." Yeah, just do it. <laughs>
0: and you know what? You're going to be so surprised about how
1: God's going to use you because you're not the one that saves you them. Really the Holy are. Spirit that's is the so one that penetrates true. their hearts. That is you, exactly. And, you may and prepares be just, the
2: ground. You may just be one person in that process too. Absolutely. You have to remember: you might be the one who's watering. You might be the one who's harvesting. You might be the one who's planting. That same. is
0: always true. And you know, I've often asked people when they do accept Christ, tell me what's been going on. Who else has been talking to you about this? Mm. Who do you know that's been praying for you? And surprisingly enough, they they know. Mm-hmm. They, they've heard this. This is maybe the seventh or eighth time somebody shared with them. Their mother's been praying for them. They, they're they aware of this. It's just this is the moment that it
1: happens. So this is really wonderful to me, to know that Evangelism Explosion was started by Dr. D. James Kennedy, yeah. a Presbyterian pastor, fairly well-known. <laughs> and, and, of course, uh, they tend to believe in the um, in predestination and in the sovereignty of God, and yet uh, burdened on his heart is sharing the gospel with everyone. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Tell us about that.
0: Well, you know, and... and Dr. Kennedy was frankly almost, he he fit in with almost any denomination. In fact, people, I couldn't even tell you all the different denominations. I've heard people say, I I watched your boss before I went to church on Sunday morning, (laughs) you know. And and, that was because he really did have a heart to see people come to Christ. Yes. First and primarily. And then doctrine secondly. Uh And, you know, because the truth is we're going to have eternity in heaven with the guy who wrote the book. So we're going to be able to figure out every last living dot and... And, and, so, and, and
1: the Great Commission is about preaching is the gospel ever, to every everybody.
0: creature. And, and Dr. Kennedy believed that and did it. And so, you know, that was the fun about being around him. That guy witnessed to everything that wiggled around him. <laughs> yeah, and not, he didn't care what variety, you know, of Christian you happen to be. And as to whosoever will. That's exactly right. And, but here's what he believed. And this is, I think, the piece that a lot of folks have forgotten in the church today, regardless of which denomination you are. And that is the things that we do prayer, witness. These are real things. These are actual things that accomplish the purposes of God. When we pray, we accomplish God's purpose. When we witness, we accomplish God's purpose. And see, we've, we've disconnected that somehow. We think, oh, God's going to do whatever God's going to do without our activity. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the piece that we All right, miss, let's break this in. down
1: now. Evangelism, explosion. Evangelism, What's the root of that word?
0: Well, it's to yeah. witness. It's the Evangelion. It's this idea of this messenger uh, of good news. It literally means good news. And, and angels are messengers. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we are too. We're messengers. And so we've been called by God to be a messenger, an ambassador, uh, Second Corinthians, Corinthians 5 tells us, an ambassador for Christ. And okay. so, you know, we've been given this position that we can actually go speak on God's behalf, be reconciled to God.
1: So that's to speak forth. The good news. Now, what causes it to explode? (laughs) Tell us about the explosion. uh, It's
0: it's good, you know, and and there are many places in the world where we've had to change our name because (laughs) the word "explosion" is absolutely not in. in Russia, we're called Heart to Heart Ministries. Okay, well, and in in China, I like to. And the reason that he chose that is because it is this inherent in this idea is this person you train, training someone else, who trains someone else, who trains some. The Uh, Second Timothy two two concept, which is multiplication. Have
1: you ever see the movie Woodlawn? And in the movie Woodlawn, Don't there's, there's a, a reference to um, Explo 72 in, in Texas. And, mm-hmm. and yep. they had this ceremony in the football stadium where they started with one candle and then that touched another candle yes. and that candle touched That's another. And pretty picture. soon it's just multiplication as geometric.
0: Happening. That's exactly right. And
1: pretty soon the whole stadium is aflame with one, this light. One time I and had it, the opportunity. And, and it dispels the darkness. <laughs> it's the truth. One time I
0: had this opportunity. I can't even remember which nation I was in in Africa, but I was way out in the middle of Nowhere in a tribe, in, and there were huts all around me. And we started talking about who we were and what we did. And this guy got really excited and ran to his hut and came back out with his certificate. He had been trained in evangelism oh explosion. I mean, who even knows how this happens? Well, speaking, yet, it's speaking, gone all, speaking all over the uh, yeah. world.
2: Speaking of countries, how many countries is evangelism explosion in, or, or under whatever name?
0: Yeah, well, it, actually, in 1996, EE became the first Christian ministry in every single nation on earth. Wow. And now, today, we have 76 nations. There are 249 including territories, according to the United Nations. We have 76 that we have a full board of directors and a national director and and a a very um, uh, mature ministry. And our, our prayer is to get to be about a half of the nations on earth. We're, we're aiming at about 125. And when we get there, and each one of those adopt another nation, we'll cover every nation so on earth. So do
1: you have um, uh, seminars or, or sessions where you teach people uh, or motivate people to share their faith and then equip them to share their faith? Yes. Or, or How does that work? In
0: fact, that's all we do. We run these sessions all over the world, and they vary in length depending on what the pastor of the church wants to do. Uh, we really do only one work within local churches. We're not a parachurch organization in the sense that we go around the church. We only go through the church and we work with pastors of all different of denominations. all different, over 400 different denominations wow. worldwide. And, and so our desire is to meet them where they are and to help them do the equipping that, that the Bible says they're to do. But that's primarily what we do. We have one-day workshops all the way up to week-long sessions. And then, like within the local church, it's typically taught in a 7- to 13-week semester so that lay people are learning at a much slower pace than, say, a pastor or a leader would. But, you know, the the key of it is we don't just talk about evangelism. We actually go out— and do it. And as we're doing it, as we're doing it, we, the pastors, their eyes open, they say, I never knew I could do this. I, I was just in Africa, in Zambia, and I took two pastors out. I had one named Aaron, one named Moses. I had Aaron and Moses <laughs> on my team. Anyway, and, and, but they had both been pastors for over 20 years in Zambia. I asked them a couple questions. I said, have you guys ever done this before? And they could not recall in 20 years of being a pastor ever going out to witness to somebody in the street or, or just knocking on doors of houses and then the second question I said do you think Zambians are open I mean when we go out scale one to ten ten being super open everybody wants to hear one being there's nobody that wants to hear where would you characterize Zambians today both of them without hesitation said one nobody in Zambia wants to hear now, if this is their belief, if that's their assumption, then that's yeah. what's going to drive their actions. Absolutely. So we literally, I just laughed. I said, well, let's go see. We literally <laughs> walked across the street to the very first house. We didn't go searching. We, we, we there were three ladies sitting in the backyard uh, on the, on the, 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 dirt cooking over charcoal. Excuse me, ladies, we're out. We're just talking to people about Jesus. Can we talk to you? They all said, sure, come in. We, we set out in the dirt and 35 minutes later the, all three of those ladies were given their hearts to
2: Jesus. That's their paradigm
1: (laughs) there there has been research hasn't there been uh john Sorensen is our guest on today's complete story president ceo of evangelism explosion but john there's been a research hasn't there with barna or some other organization about people's receptivity to the gospel or, or willingness to hear the plan of salvation yeah. Can you tell us about that, the percentages?
0: Well, yeah, well, actually, the percentages from our standpoint, and again, we've done this now for since 1962 mm-hmm. is when EE e. started. That's 55 and, years. Yeah, and we've got statistics from that entire time. So we're not just talking about this. We're doing it's it. It's not just theoretical. And, and, and frankly, our statistics haven't changed a bit. Now, what's changed is the church's willingness to do it. That that has changed. Uh, I would say this, and, and I, I hope those hearing this would, would, would take this in. There are far more people in whatever city you live in that are willing to have a spiritual conversation than there are Christians willing to go out and have that mm. conversation with them. I know that to be true. And, and if you'll pray, if you'll seek the Lord, God will lead you to those people. They're, they're right there. They're in your city. And, you know, our, it's just that we're really unwilling to go today. But statistically, um, this, the, the, we used to have a guy that would do this just for fun. His name was Lee Eaton. Just, he'd take the phone book, and every tenth person that answered the phone would listen to the gospel. And every third of those would accept Jesus as Lord mm-hmm. and Savior. And it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed one bit. In fact... I would tell you this. If it's changed, it's actually gotten better, not worse, since 1962. If it's changed,
1: it's actually gotten better. What about witnessing to someone you know, a friend, a family member, a co-worker? Yeah.
0: Well, that is the toughest one. And, and I would say as you started with, Rich, you've got to pray. You have to pray and you have to pray.
1: That God would prepare their that heart. That God
0: would prepare their heart because at the end of the day, this is what this is. Salvation is of the Lord and so we pray, but then we share. And I would say this, if you have a family member, my wife is the perfect example of this. She had a number of family that, did, that knew about God, but they were not trusting in Him for eternal life. She very respectfully took a a holiday, each holiday, she would take one of them aside, Mm. have coffee with them face to face. She would say, dear sister or dear brother, I love you more than life. Would you please allow me? 30 minutes to share with you something that is so important to me, and I think it'll be important to you. Um, even if you don't want to, I'll, I'll respect that, but at the same time, it would just crush me. If something were to happen to me or you, and, and and I wouldn't have had this opportunity, would you just please allow me to do this? And all of them said, sure, out of respect for her, even though they called her the Amish woman and all this good, <laughs> they, they knew. And yet, you know what? Every single one of them received the gospel after this. it's wonderful. and, And I don't know that you could have ever thought that. And yet, but it was the respectful. It was the personal. Don't grab them and say, brother, are you saved? You know, that kind of thing. You know, have some respect for them. Do it as personally and as privately as you can do it. Go to, to, to coffee together. Go Respect them enough to allow them to say whatever they're going to say in a way that doesn't damage the relationship. And, and
1: pray for them, uh, keeping in mind that it's not your skill or, or your, your clever choice of words, right. but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that does a, a miracle in their hearts. Yes,
0: absolutely. And ask other Christians to pray as well. And, and you know what you're going to find is that it, here's what I know. Even if they don't accept, which is heartbreaking, but still you would choose, that they had had
2: an opportunity to hear the gospel. And once again, you may, even though they may have rejected it in that conversation with you, you've planted a seed. Absolutely. You don't know what the Lord know. will do with that. And you know how I know
0: that? Because I rejected the first seven yeah. or eight people that go. came and shared with me. I remember an EE e. team showing up on my doorstep, and I told them to get lost and get off my property. <laughs> That's this, funny. This is actually the comedy sort of. of God, right? <laughs> and that later I would be doing the very
2: and thing. You're the didn't? president CEO of the organization. <laughs>
1: so you said 13 weeks, yeah. didn't you? So yeah. this, is, this is a commitment that, yeah. that um, is made by a church. They have the Evangelism Explosion team, yeah. I assume, come into the church. And it is, a, is it a once-a-week program? Or, or how does that work? And,
0: yeah, it, we'll do it on, like at our church, we do it on Wednesday night. And so you know, the people will come out for about two hours, two and a half hours, and we do a little bit of a class time, and then we go out and do witnessing. And then we come back and do a report-back session of how did it go, because it doesn't go well for everybody. And that way, by doing a report-back session, some get to hear a very positive thing and other and we get to share as a group here's the thing there was a survey done real, and I don't even want to say the name of the denomination because I don't want anybody to feel like I'm being critical because I'm not but um, there was this one particular denomination that just did a vast survey across all their churches. And today they've discovered that it takes 50 people sitting in a pew to lead one person to Christ. So 50 to 1 is the number. It's kind of inefficient. If you've got 200, you're going to see four people come to Christ in a year. Something like this. This is the survey. Well, you know what? I got to talk well, to my... Well, that's better than nothing. What's well, it's better than nothing. But I got to talking to my pastor... And since we've been doing EE at our church, we're four to one. For every four people, one person's coming to Christ. A little bit better. A little bit better. You upped your ratio. We upped the ratio a bit. And the only difference is, is that we're going out. Yeah. And into the highways and the byways. Now we're visiting people who visit the church. We're visiting uh, the families of kids oh. who come to our youth groups. We're visiting people who come to concerts and things at the church. We're, but we're also just going into the Walmart parking lot and well, talking to people you know, about I, Jesus. I
1: thought of this, the parable of the sower. And yes. the sower yes. spreads the seed. And there's nothing wrong with the seed. No. The seed is is a miraculous power. It just has to fall in the right kind of soil. And so, and we and don't so, make the soil. No, That's the key. We the, don't the make it. The Lord prepares the soil.
0: See, sadly, I was at a pastors' conference even not even a year ago. The, this guy gets up and he says, "We've got to get wise and only we're, we shouldn't waste seed. We can only sow it on the good soil. We're gonna to have to discover the good soil before." And you know um, what? That's exactly counter or
1: contrary I, to what it is I we've been. Someone say that the Lord can cultivate that soil that once was rocky and stony and He can break it up, and so you never know sometimes a hardship or, or, or something will come into a person's life and, and, and in their desperation they're, they're ready to receive the gospel.
0: but it is god 's doing as you say that's not our job. No. we are the sower and we sow
1: and and the, and the power is in the seed, and you so know, we have to be faithful to, yeah. to sow the seed. Which is the Word of God, the true gospel, John? As you're talking about this training
2: series that you do in mm-hmm. churches, you know it's just about like anything else. That if you if you take the time to train, whether it's the army, whether it's you know an EMT learning to do their job, uh, you get much much more confident in how to do it. If you've had somebody who knows what they're doing and who's had that experience. He sits down and takes the time to train you to do it. Now, some of us, you know, we've all had opportunities to, to witness. we can do it better if we invest that time in training, just like anything else. Anything else. And I, frankly, to be honest with you, every time I go
0: with someone else, I learn something I didn't think of before or didn't know. And, you know, and I think that's the truth. It's iron sharpening iron. I think we get better at being sensitive to where people are and answering the questions that they have honestly. And if you're willing to listen and if you're willing to engage, there are a lot of people today that are willing to have that. Now, if if you'd ask me, where do you start? The the question is, uh, the answer to that question is, is with your own testimony. Because I'll tell you what, right now, uh, there are lots of people today who will listen to the experience of what's happened in someone else's life. Sure. It's very common today. And so we've even got a website that will help you build your testimony. It's called whatsmystory.org. Absolutely free. That will never ask you for anything. whatsmystory.org. The only purpose that that site is there is for to help you to build your story so that you can learn to share it with someone else, with a friend, with a neighbor. And it's so disarming to say, you know, regardless of what you believe, can I share with you what God's done in my life? And, re- and, and what you're going to find is most people will say, sure.
1: Tell us some inspiring stories, people that you've
0: <laughs> led to Christ. Well, you know, and we get to do that so much and, and, and so often, and the truth is I, well, okay, I'll share, I'll share with you one. This is, uh, if there was something else I could teach your audience, it would be to pray and then to witness in the power of the Holy Spirit. There, were, there was one day I was taking a team out in Fresno, California, and we were, we have radio listeners in we, Fresno. Well, you do, sure do, you do. And in fact, I've met many of them, and, and if this was at a particular church that, that loves your station there, and we're praying, where should we go, Lord? Where do you want us to go? And we really felt this sense that we should go to this open air market. So we went down there and we're praying out loud, Lord, who would you want us to witness to? And when we opened our eyes, there was this lady that we really were convinced this was the gal. And we went up to her, pardon me, ma'am, you know, we're out from the church and we're just talking to people about spiritual things. Can we talk to you? And she says, oh, heavens, yes. Uh, How much time do you have? Well, about 45 minutes till this movie gets out and my son comes out. So please share with me. We ended up sharing the gospel with her. And it was one of those textbooks time where literally she's asking the next question and then next question and we got done at the end and everyone's crying and she accepts jesus as lord and savior and then we get done and and we're about to leave and she says wait 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 wait, wait. there's something i should tell you she said this very morning I went to a church, and I asked the pastor, how do you get to heaven? And he didn't know what to tell me. Oh and she reached into her, her, her purse and got out a business card and said, here's his name. Would you go, go share with him? <laughs> uh-huh. But this
1: is what God does. Bring him up to
0: speed. <laughs> this is
1: what God does,
0: is that he's the one that's actually leading us and guiding no, the us. The
1: Lord was answering your prayer, and the Lord was answering her prayer Absolutely. at the same time. Absolutely. About that? Only God can create those divine appointments.
0: And it's the truth. These are divine appointments, and we see this all over the world. And we, it's just a wonder. You almost want to take your shoes off at the end of one of those and say,
1: you know what? I've been standing
0: mm-hmm. on holy ground here where God was. And what a thrill
1: to realize that God was using you. God was working through you. Yeah, That's amen. the power of the Holy Spirit. John Sorensen is our guest on today's Complete Story program. You hear the, the noise in the background. Yeah. We're still on well, the radio Rich, row Rich down I, here at the Values Voters I, Summit. And we're so glad that we happened to run into you, John, yeah. and, and thrilled with the work that you're doing with Evangelism Explosion. And give us that website. If people want to uh, bring your team into their church and schedule a training time so that mm-hmm. people in your church can learn how to share their faith.
0: Well, let me give you three. First is evangelismexplosion.org. That's our main site where you could do what you just said. Uh, getting engaged with us, inviting us to come to your church for a workshop. Now, by the way, we're going to we're partnering with the Bot Radio Network. There's going to be some opportunities Good. for some of you as listeners to come to one of our events coming up in the next year. We're going to let you know about that, so stay <laughs> tuned. Uh, a second website is sharelife.today, and every day the Bot Radio Network plays sharelife.today, and it's just tips and tools but the these are ways that can encourage you to start to share with a friend. And last, what'smystory.org. This is how you can develop your story. So this has
2: been our bonus broadcast from the Values Voter Summit. John, is glad we ran into you. Well, this Chris is killer. fantastic. Thanks, and I uh, hope that our listeners will take advantage of going to those sites, evangelismexplosion.org. And let
1: me encourage all of our listeners to be a doer of the word and not just That's a right. hearer
2: only. That's right. Well, again, Rich here at the Values Voter Summit. We ran into John Sorensen, and this has been great. So uh, thanks. Uh, Thanks again, John. We appreciate it. And all of you who are listening, thank you very much. Thank you.